What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a hot preteen Swedish boy. Back into it. Time for Best Bets. Danny Burke, VEASAN Sports Network at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Danny, it's Nebraska, it's Wisconsin. It's been on Nebraska's whiteboard all week, 2012. And uh, that fateful night, September 29th, Nebraska came from behind and won outright. Good news today with Casey Thompson and Mickey Joseph. The line's now down to 10 and a half. What are you feeling? So this was all riding on whether or not Casey Thompson was going to be playing, if I personally was going to be playing this game. And I honestly don't know. Well, actually, I think I was going to say I'm not sure how many Nebraska bets I've won versus lost. I'm probably like 2-2 two and two this year, but it just always feels uh, not like the surest thing when you're betting the Huskers, but I do like their side this weekend, gentlemen. I mean, look, again, it was all riding on if Casey Thompson was going to be playing or not because if he's not playing, the Nebraska virtually has no offense whatsoever. There is no viable backup option, and I don't know if that's a lack of preparation, lack of talent, whatever you want to call it. They need Casey Thompson in the mix to compete with any team. And you guys know my thoughts of Wisconsin heading into the season. I already cashed in my under nine wins when we were at, like, I don't know, whatever, before the midway part. And I know they've been looking better, and I get that their ground attack is very strong, and that is how they are going to expose Nebraska and probably end up winning. But because of what Casey Thompson brings to the table, and it's cliches, it seems, but, you know, putting that material up on the whiteboard, I do think Nebraska gets up to this one or for this one a little bit more so than they have in the past several games. And there's nothing really to play for as much at this point, right? I mean, the Big Ten West is out of their hands, and, you know, some things are in shambles left and right. But, again, A.C. Thompson being back and playing for at least the narrative of not getting exposed and embarrassed by this Badgers team like you've done so often since 2012 is a big reason I at least like Nebraska to cover the double-digit mark. So I took him plus 11. I would take him plus 10 and a half. At 10, maybe wait in-game or, or something else because I'm sure he'll get a better in-game number if Wisconsin gets up to an early lead. You just got to hope that Nebraska can limit the explosive plays on the ground and breaking through and making Nebraska's defense look like Swiss cheese. And Casey Thompson, you got to prevent the turnovers. And for the love of all things, holy, get the kids some protection. <laughs> I know it's a lot of things, but, you know, if they can actually play a clean game, I think it will be within the number. Danny, if, if you take the bias out of the, the factor altogether, I, I mean, I'm looking at this line moving from as high as 13, now down to 10 and a half or, or 10 and even some places. At what point do you start looking at some buyback for Wisconsin? Honestly, and again, this is just my interpretation of this team from before the year and up to now. The only way I would have been tempted to look at Wisconsin would be if they were under seven. I just don't think this is a team that I would – blindly bet is a double-digit favorite or needing to win by double digits against any team on the road. And I get that Nebraska maybe has an asterisk because they look so bad and they find a way to lose games like this in impressive fashion. But 
I mean, come on, there's still guys there who don't want to get embarrassed week after week and are fighting for draft position and fighting for Mickey Joseph and knowing they got their starter back. There should be a little bit of boost around this team. So uh, that would be the only way I would consider looking toward Wisconsin would be if they were under the key number of seven because I still have so many reservations about their quarterback in Graham Mertz. I mean, this dude is not that good. He got two interim coaches who have a lot to prove. Why can't Nebraska hang in this one and keep it within double digits? It'd be a shame if they can't, and I know they haven't before, but my goodness, it'd be a real indictment if he gets blown out by this Wisconsin team at home with their starting quarterback back. Danny Burke with his Vizan Sports Network real quick in college. Baylor uh, started out ranked in the top ten. They have uh, scuffled to six and four. In comes TCU. They've already got a spot in the Big 12 title game. Uh, that said, their eyes are a little bit bigger with the college football playoff still in it four. They've had a great strength to schedule. Danny, they just find a way to win their favorite on the road against a rival. That's the thing, Smitty. I mean, they do just keep finding a way to win, and you could say they're carrying around a lucky horseshoe or whatever, but, man, if you've been betting on them these last few games, you're cashing in, and I'm strongly considering doing it here, and maybe I end up late to the party, and maybe I'm – you know, the one time I do it is the bet that they end up losing and they got a huge target on their back. But what has Baylor done that's been that impressive? I mean, they just got stomped out by Kansas State 31-3. to You barely beat a weakened Oklahoma team. And before that, yeah, you beat Texas Tech. You beat a banged-up Kansas team. You lost to West Virginia. I am just not sold on Baylor as much as I was at the beginning of the year. And their strong suit was supposed to be their defense. Well, guess what? TCU and Baylor are both allowing 25 points per game. Here's the difference. TCU is averaging six more points offensively, and I get that it goes a lot more deeper into just the raw, obvious stats, but under the key number of three with TCU, how would you not be tempted to look their direction? They know that everybody's got a target on their back. They know they have to win out in order to stay in the college football playoff. There's no mistakes to be had for this Horned Frogs team, and yet people, despite the success they have had, keep knocking them down and dissing them and thinking this is a time they're finally going to lose. They shouldn't be this big of a favorite. I would probably make them about a three-and-a-half-point favorite. So I don't know if it's the obvious public opinion to want to lay two in the hook with TCU. That's also what scares me. But, man, I just feel like after this game we'll be looking back, Schmitty, and going, you know what, we could have had a cheap in price with this Horn Frogs team, and we're just so stubborn about their success that I stayed away from it. So I don't know what you guys are thinking, but that's how I'm leaning in this one. Danny Burks with us here, Burks Best Bets. And, Danny, it's time for us to move to NFL action on Sunday. Let's start this off with what everyone is circling as the game of the day on Sunday. That's obviously the Denver Broncos hosting the <laughs> Oakland Raiders. <laughs> you, you it just Broncos you. country, let's ride, baby. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, no, I, you know, Elijah, as much grief as we've been giving you all year, I am actually going with your Broncos in this game. And that is a testament to how terrible Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr have been with the Las Vegas Raiders. Look, the Raiders won the first matchup, we know. That was in Las Vegas. 32-23 to was the final. But what also was funny, I mean, just, again, more of an indictment of how Denver's been doing. Like, Russell Wilson had his best passer rating of the season in that game at 125. He went 17-25 for 237 and two touchdowns. Las Vegas ranks 32nd, dead last in DVOA defense. They're dead last against the pass. Opponents are getting six yards per play against them consistently, which is 30th. And opponents, upon entering the red zone, are scoring a touchdown over 71% of the time, which is also dead last 
Now your Broncos, Elijah, they rank fourth in DVOA defense, third against the pass, 20th against the run. That's the weak spot, and that's why Jacobs ran for a buck 44 and two touchdowns. But you know they're kind of one-dimensional. You just got to force, and, and when they're passing, like you got to force Derek Carr to make the mistakes like he's done in virtually every game. And if you're playing ahead, Derek Carr has no ounce of the clutch gene in him. Denver's defense that is limiting opponents to 4.6 yards per play, which is first, that is limiting opponents to eight yards per completion, which is also first, should be able to wreak havoc enough on this weekend Raiders team to deplete their car and win this game. And by the way, what they're also first in, limiting opponents to scoring a touchdown in the red zone 28.6% of the time. I like that they lost the first time. I like that they still somehow have playoff chances. The Raiders have none. So I laid minus about 40 with Denver just because I think it could be kind of a gross game that some shenanigans happen. So I'll lay a little bit more, but I don't hate laying two in the hook under the key number of three either with your Broncos team. Danny Burke will wrap up the best bets weekend. Thursday night football to discuss. A stake and a beer bet right ahead with Hale Varsity.